Welcome back to the new Yachtsman Channel. Today, I've got a great guest, uh, Chris Dries. He's the president of Mercury Marine. And you may not have thought that Mercury Marine would be a, a subject matter for this channel, being that we're focused on 50, 80 foot yachts. But I think you'll find that the market's really changed. The, the horsepower has really come up on the outboards and you're starting to see well-established high-end brands moving from diesel inboards to outboards. And there are good reasons for that. And I just wanted Chris to maybe introduce himself and uh, maybe talk a little bit about the transition you're seeing in the industry to large outboards. No, uh, thanks, Bill. My name again is Chris Treese, the president of Mercury Marine. And yes, indeed, we are seeing a huge transition away from inboard type engines to outboards uh, on boats, as you mentioned, 50 feet and up. And I think a lot has to do with the new product we just released, Bill. You probably know the new 600 horsepower V12 Verado. Uh, it, it gives people a lot more optionality when they talk about some of these larger boats. Yeah, and when I, when I went on a couple of these boats for the first time, I never really thought about it until I was on it. And that was that you get the engine room back. You know, if you take a 55-foot boat, it used to have an engine room that was 15 feet long. And now you put outboard power on it, you get that 15 feet back. I mean, you still need room for a generator, but it's just amazing what it does to the internal volume of the boat. No, I think you're exactly right. I, I, with, with the size of our engines and the power and just the smoothness and how quiet they are, people are really looking at this as uh, not just a, an option, but the preferred option uh, moving forward in a lot of these boats because you do get so much more space back in the boat for another berth, for more room, for more entertaining area. It's just been tremendous. And the thing that we haven't touched on yet, Bill, is the ease of maintenance with this too. Because now replacing an engine doesn't become this long drawn out process where you're ripping out the boat. Virtually you're lifting an outboard off the back of the the boat and replacing one with, with another. So repower becomes just that much easier in this market. Yeah, I was really surprised too. You know, the, at first glance, it looks like these large outboards burn a lot of fuel, but you have to remember the speed you're getting and, and the speeds are just incredible. So trips that used to take, um, you know, a yachtsman's father all day are done in three or four hours. And yeah, you're burning fuel during those three or four hours, but when you look at the fuel burn per mile, if you're able to achieve 30, 40 miles an hour, it's, uh, it's actually very comparable to a diesel inboard boat. Yeah, it's uh, incredible some of the fuel economy that we've received with uh, the new engines. A lot has to, has to do with some of the technology built in as well. Certainly we have counter-rotating propellers, gives you a lot more bite and uh, out of the whole performance. We, we also have a two-speed transmission. So typically you're sacrificing one thing for another, getting out of the hole quickly or cruise efficiency. Here you have the best of both worlds. So I think it's all the technology we built into these outboards that helping, uh, you know, not only performance, but fuel economy, Bill. Let's expand on that uh, two-speed transmission issue. I never really thought about it. I guess you, you Picking a propeller is always a compromise between how quickly the boat goes from zero to some cruising speed. And so the two-speed transmission lets you 
shift gears, if you will. Is that what that, that, that's what's going on there? You're, you're exactly right. It's just like uh, your car, certainly getting out of the hole, much different gear ratio than uh, when you get the boat on plane. So that's where we get to optimize things. We're not propping down or propping up to get the performance of the boat. And virtually, these engines knock you back in your seat when you're on these 50, 55, 60 foot boats. It is truly remarkable, uh, the time to plane. And then as it shifts into second gear, uh, the RPM drops and much more efficient at cruise, which drives a lot of that fuel economy, Bill. Does the user actually shift gears or is it like an automatic transmission? No, it's a automatic transmission. You won't even feel it unless you really, really uh, are thinking about it and waiting for it to shift. So automatically, whether you're slowing down the boat, speeding it up, uh, it's, it's all done automatically and very, very uh, tough to perceive when it does shift too. Virtually seamless, quiet, just incredible performance. One of the boats I saw at the Palm Beach Boat Show um, this weekend, they had, I think it was four of your big motors on it. And, you know, I was trying to imagine what it would be like to spin the boat and things like that, like I'm used to doing with the diesel engines. You know, do you put two in reverse and two in forward or just use the outside ones? And the guy showed me that joystick. And maybe you could talk a little bit about how that joystick works. <laughs> no, so uh, we've had so much advancement in joystick technology. Uh, and, and basically, you have a joystick and... The, the boat maneuvers the way you operate the joystick. So you turn the joystick, the boat will spin on center. You could shift it one way, sideways or, on, or the other way. And it does articulate the engines. So some engines could be going into forward, some in reverse to ensure that the boat maneuvers the way you'd want it. All this is done behind the scenes with our engineers. But if you think about the lower units of the new 600, they articulate independently. So you could have, uh, and all done underneath the water. So you don't see any of that movement with the, what you did with typical outboards. Now that all that movement happens underneath the water bill, truly amazing. And what we've done, we've just integrated bow thrusters into our joystick for added authority. So when you think about uh, trying to back up your boat and put it in, you're using the, the bow thrusters, now all that technology is built into the joystick. So you're handling one thing to move the boat in and out of slips. And our work with autonomy could get make it even easier where you pick your slip and you hit auto dock, Bill, and we'll predict the future. Having ease of docking and self-docking is a great direction that we're pursuing. That's amazing. I guess when the boat gets 50 feet long, just using the outboards to spin the boat is tough with the wind and current. So I guess integrating the bow thruster probably makes it really simple. It makes it extremely, extremely simple. So you're just having to use one control for ultimate authority with that, with that boat. And it makes boating so much simpler for a captain to know that he could take or she maneuver that boat into tight slips. It just such a peace of mind it's a it's incredible bill i imagine that lower unit moving independently of the motor you're not restricted by physical space on the transom 
like you are so many times when you have a bunch of motors back there. Right. What we found is we can space the engines much tighter together. But when you have a V12 powerhead, 7.6 liters, there's a lot of uh, weight rotating as well. So in order for us to keep the engines as tight as they are together and, and also prevent the, the weight in the boat back end from moving, uh, ultimate authority on the back and the lower units can articulate up to 45 degrees as well. So the authority that you can get with them articulating is just incredible. Um, and I also saw you doing some pretty neat stuff um, for the little boat that might be on the big boat. You know, we have a lot of customers that, um, you know, they've got the dinghy and they don't use the dinghy for nine months. Then they go to the Bahamas and realize the gas is, uh, you know, nine months old and it, the outboard doesn't run so good. <laughs> and I, I noticed you've got a couple solutions for that. No, so you imagine at the same time we're working on a 600 horsepower to put on the back of the yachts you're taking. We're taking care of power for the dinghies as well. We're gonna have a full line of electric outboards starting with the lower horsepowers moving on up, but those are gonna be perfect applications for uh, the dinghies that your customers will be using getting to and from shore. So this very simple to pull out, recharge the battery, very, very simple op operation. We designed it for ergonomics because the batteries do weigh a little bit of weight. So being able to remove it easily and put it back in uh, without the fear of falling in the water uh, always gets a little bit tricky, but thinking through that, designing it with uh, the consumer in mind, uh, we've had rave reviews so far. We just launched the concept later this fall we'll of actual product. Well, I think it'll be a, a, a really good solution. I, I know that customers always struggle with um, the, the, the gas outboard dinghy that just doesn't get used enough. And I think having an electric outboard and a spare battery probably solves the problem for 90% of the Right, we do have a propane uh, motor as well. Uh, certainly in some cases where it's a little bit tougher to, to, to charge it. So we do have uh, propane motors available too. So no matter what people would want to use, whether it be electric, propane or gas, we'll have the solution for them. That's really great. That's really yeah. great. So are you getting inquiries from builders all the time to, to move to the outboard? Are you, you seen it? Well, uh, it, it's been, it has been unbelievable, Bill, the number of builders, especially in that uh, larger boat range that we are working with today to reimagine what a yacht could do and uh, how they could redesign yachts to utilize outboard power. And it's not only for the space, but also the ease of maintenance. Most, if not all standard maintenance can be done from the dock. So can you imagine scheduling that, having somebody come to the dock and all the maintenance, changing the lower unit oil, changing the oil, filters, plugs can be done right from the dock. Truly incredible. Yeah, and I guess, you know, should the day come where you need to actually replace a motor, it's just infinitely easier than rebuilding a diesel engine in a boat. Yeah, you can, and I've known a lot of people rebuilding diesel engines. It's never fun. Here, it could be done, all done off the back of the boat. So not only ease of maintenance, gaining room, but also repowering, uh, your life just becomes that more easier and simple, Bill. 
I noticed you were doing something for the DOD with a diesel outboard. Is that specific application just for them? Or do you think the diesel outboard is something you'll do as well, the commercial market? You know, we, we do have a diesel outboard typically for specific uses. It, it's not a big market overall. And, and and we're pretty happy with what we just launched on the on the gas side, Bill. So uh, though we do have one uh, specialty market, our focus remains on the, the gas side. We do have a range of inboard diesel, uh, high-speed diesels on the marketplace, a little bit smaller boats than some of the ones that, that we're talking about, but uh, Mercury does sell a full line of high-speed diesel as well. I think you're right though. I really think that the uh, that 600 horsepower just offers so much in an outboard and it's it can really replace these medium medium to large diesel engines. I, I, the most of the builders I'm seeing are using three or four of those 600. So there's really no yeah. limit. There's no limit to the amount of horsepower available. No, there's no limit. But when you talk about the you know the new yacht's been new to boating, it makes things so much easier for precision docking, for maintenance. Uh, all the things are right there. We we try and make it as airproofed as we can and easy to maintain. Uh, and that all, I think, really lends itself into a lot of the people in your podcast uh, listen to. Uh, ease of boating, simple, uh, low maintenance. Uh, you could do the, the maintenance from the outside of the boat, very, very simple. And I imagine they've got real big alternators in them. So, um, you know, they're charging your house batteries. Amp. Yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so you that's can a huge benefit. And, and the more, uh, if you think about the back of the boat, how quiet these new engines are, just incredible. So the largest uh, or the most loudest piece of equipment on a boat now is the generator. So we're seeing that trend. People replacing uh, generators with larger battery packs uh, to get three, four, five hours. Certainly, extended use, uh, very difficult to replace a generator. But for day boating, certainly we see a trend, uh, and that trend will continue to move its way up as battery technology improves. And I'm sure all the new yachtsmen out there, you know, you, you probably all have experience running a smaller boat with an outboard. So this transition to your first yacht with large outboards is going to be a lot less of a learning curve than uh, trying to learn how to take care of a couple of big diesels for the first time and poke around <laughs> that engine. Especially if something ever goes wrong, they're going to be so glad they chose uh, an outboard, even a 600 outboard. <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you very much. Uh, for your time and uh, we'll check back in with you in a few months and see what's new with Mercury. I appreciate it, Bill. Nice talking with you and good luck to all the new boaters out there and look forward to seeing you on the water. Thanks a lot. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for your time today watching the new yachtsman and please like and subscribe.